Thank you for listening to the Father Goodrich Sermon Podcast. If you aren't subscribed, take a moment to subscribe now. We hope these sermons will give you insight and inspiration for wherever you are on your journey of faith. Now, this episode's message. And of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As you probably know, as Anglicans, we use a cycle of Bible readings every Sunday, and it's called a lectionary. And the lectionary takes us through most of the Bible, all of its major themes, most of the minor ones, and it does that in about three years. It's a three-year cycle of readings. You say, well, how exciting, the lectionary, great. Well, one of the things about the lectionary is that it forces us to listen to and hear from scripture passages that we really probably wouldn't choose to listen to or think about on our own. It presents us with difficult texts some Sundays. And today is such a Sunday. Now, you may have noticed over the years that preachers do have ways of ducking a difficult text. And they use one of two strategies. The first strategy is to preach on one of the other Bible readings assigned for that Sunday. And the other strategy, which is perhaps the most clever strategy, is to invite someone else to preach. So thanks to the dean for that. Now if you missed the first lesson from from today, though I'm not sure how you could, Let me remind you, Genesis 22, verses 1 and 2, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. God said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I shall show you. Child sacrifice commanded by God. A father who obeys without any verbal objection. One of the gifts of the Bible is that it is not a collection of cookie cutter stories filled with trite platitudes, blandly digestible and easily forgettable. The Bible's presentation of life could be aptly described by that old American film starring Clint Eastwood, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Anyone here seen that film? See some hands, see some hands. Not, go ahead, make my day. That's another movie. In fact, the barren landscape of the Middle East that Genesis 22 evokes in our imaginations could be just as easily imagined as a stretch of Texas prairie or Australian outback. Can't you see, can't you picture your mind, imagine Abraham and Isaac with their cowboy hats on their horses with their hired men going through the rugged wilderness, the mountain of sacrifice looming in the distance. And the sun is high overhead, menacingly burning, Sweat on the forehead of father and son alike from the heat of the day and the dynamite in their hearts. 
If Genesis 22 was a movie, if it was a western, the music would intensify as they went up the mountain. It would become louder and louder and louder until Abraham lifted his hand up, the sun gleaming from that knife as he was about to do the unthinkable, to kill his only son, to whom he loves. And if it were a film, this tension is broken, not by one gunslinger shooting another, but by God providing a ram for the slaughter, saving the son, saving the father's soul, and saving God's own promise of a long line of descendants that would come from Abraham and Sarah's line. It's really quite difficult to figure out who is the hero, who is the villain, or who is the anti-hero in this passage. And this text doesn't even resolve all of the tensions that it brings up. It raises more questions. God commanding sacrifice, a father who goes along with it. It raises all these questions, and it doesn't answer all of them. Life is like that. And so the Bible is like that. Just think about it. Think about it for a second. How could the scriptures be a guide for us, a guide for you into life and the meaning of life in God, if the scriptures didn't present to us all of life, all of it, including those awful situations we find ourselves in, situations that reflect the best and the worst of religion? Well, the Bible couldn't then be a guide for us. But it indeed presents all of those. Still, hmm, what to do with this text? What to do with this passage? Now, not in an effort to dismiss the discomfort. Listen, part of the power of certain passages of the Bible is just the fact that they disturb us. That they make us uncomfortable. They force us to wrestle with questions and realities we would not otherwise wrestle with. So, not to dismiss, not to resolve, not to wrap this passage into a neat little gift box that makes us feel good. Always the preacher's temptation. But to give some perspective. Perspective. Two points. Point number one, for centuries, Jewish and Christian interpreters of this passage have seen it as making a case against child sacrifice. Did you know that in the ancient cultures of the Middle East, the time of Abraham, and even later in the time of Israel, there were many cultures and religions that practiced human sacrifice. It was a thing. But later in the New Old Testament, the scriptures explicitly forbid and condemn the practice of human sacrifice. And after this passage, in the Ten Commandments, I imagine you've heard of them, it forbids the taking of a human life except in war, right? Exodus 20, verse 13. You shall not murder. So, Genesis 22 cannot be taken as a legitimizing factor for human sacrifice. It cannot be pointed to in any way to approve whatsoever human sacrifice, because the rest of the scriptures forbid it. Point number two. 
We are Christians here in this cathedral. And we are to read, we are to interpret and make sense of the scriptures through the lenses, through the glasses of the life and teachings and the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus did not sacrifice others. He allowed himself to be sacrificed. And God in Christ did not command the sacrifice of others, but through the mystery, the mystery of the Trinity, God sacrifices his son himself for the benefit of all. So, as Christians, we cannot support anything like a Genesis chapter 22. And if we thought God was telling us to do that, we know through Christ that could not be so. All right, stick with me. Keep those thinking caps on. What did we just do there? Careful, thoughtful, biblical interpretation. Preachers and scholars call that exegesis. E-X-E-G-E-S-I-S. Exegesis. Making sense of the text, setting it in the context of the rest of the Bible and basic Christian faith. And again, not to resolve all of it, not to make it easy and feel good, not to get rid of our feelings of disgust and horror and anger at certain passages, but to put the text into perspective and to help us get some idea of how this might or might not relate to our lives of faith today. So, whenever you encounter a Bible passage that mystifies you or angers you or that you have a visceral reaction toward step back and set it in context step back and set it in context and you know to do that adequately never mind well we have to be in conversation and in community with other believers who have wrestled with the same text who are wrestling with them and who have lived and are living trying anyway this christ-shaped faith to see the world through the jesus glasses This is why scholarship is important. This is why preaching is important. This is why Bible study is important. This is why coming to your local church every Sunday that you can is important. All right. But can we say anything positive about Genesis chapter 22? Hmm. Well, it does point through a mist. It points through a fog over the centuries to another of Abraham's sons who willingly sacrificed himself so that you and I would be free from the power of sin. What Paul talks about in today's reading from Romans 6. And free not to sacrifice others, but to serve others, as Jesus talks about in today's reading from Matthew 10. The Bible speaks to real life without pulling any punches. Describing the good, the bad, and the ugly. And pointing, pointing through all of the good, the bad, and the ugly to God's redeeming love. Found in Abraham's descendant, Jesus Christ. The ram offering for our sins, and not only our sins, but the sins of the whole world. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Father Goodrich here. I hope this message blessed you in some way. Remember, faith isn't limited to one hour a week. Faith is about our whole lives, everything we do, every day of the week. So, live well.